Welcome back to another episode of End to End. Me and myself and Joe are here with you after a three-week break. I know it's been a while. I didn't even realize it was three weeks until you said Joe, but yeah, it's been a while since we recorded. Um, lots of things happened. Lots of major things happened for especially your organization, some other organizations, and some re- returning players from injuries, some signings, some suspensions that we're going to get into right away. So I guess with the first one, the biggest news, I'd say, of the hockey world in the last a week and a half, week, uh, we want to call it. I think it happened last Friday. The report was out there. But the Montreal Canadiens fired GM Mark Bergeron from his duties. I believe two other people were fired as well. I can't, I don't remember the names, but. Um, and they hired Jim Gordon of the New York Rangers, former New York Rangers, VP of Hockey Ops now. So they are still in the search for a GM, but. I think that's something that they can very take their time with and choose very, very wisely who's going to lead this team in the right direction, whether it's good or bad. But Joe, welcome back. We're back from three weeks and we got major news about your team. Yes, we do. It has been a while. I honestly thought it was two weeks as well. And then I went back to when we last recorded and it was exactly three weeks ago. So like, yeah. that's why we're like, okay, got to record. There's been too much uh, like news that we missed. So obviously, like you said, the Canadians fired Bergevin. They fired. Well, first of all, on so on Saturday during the game, yeah. so Friday, Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada, Scott Mellenby resigned immediately. This was during the game. Guy, so yeah. obviously, I knew something big was happening. And then, so he resigned. He was assistant GM. The reason he resigned is because apparently he was promised to be GM. And then Molson, who's the owner of the team and also the president of I think he's just president of the organization and the owner. He basically like said like, no, because of how this year's gone. And like, I mean, he's been associated with Burge event for I think four or five years. So he moved on. Then it was like Sunday afternoon at like four or five o'clock is when everything else kind of fell apart. So that's when Burge event got fired. That's when Paul Wilson, who's their VP of communications got fired. And then a bit, another big one was assistant GM Trevor Timmons, who's been with, Montreal since 2003 and he he like drafted like Price all the way back then he was a he was a scout head of scout um so he's been with the organization he's now gone um like it's just huge changes so like you said Jeff Gordon was a appointed VP of hockey ops I've been saying I wanted him as soon as he got fired from New York I said I wanted him and they finally got him like a not even a year later, which is which I like. And I believe it's not reported, but it's rumored that he signed a five-year deal. So he's here for a long time. Um, I really like what he did with New York. Obviously, they got a bit lucky with some draft lottery. But in terms of, like, making some solid trades that they did, giving some good contracts out, in yep. my opinion, um, and just overall, like, helping that organization did that. They did their rebuild, which was really quick. Right. He made that Zabinijad trade. Um, for Brassard back in the day so he's he has some credibility he was also the ones who drafted like in Boston like like Lucic and Rask well he traded for Rask I believe mm-hmm. and drafted Lucic drafted Marchand so like he's pretty good overall I'm not I don't know how amazing he is because he's going to be VP of yeah, yeah, yeah. not the GM so I like the whole thing move because it is a new era yeah. even though Montreal just went to the cup final it was not sustainable they were pretty lucky to get in and they just were hot for a month and a half and that's how they that's what happened um they lost way too much of their guys this past offseason way too many guys in their leadership group that's why they're so awful this year but in terms of replacement um unfortunately they have to look for a goddamn francophone GM yeah, again. Oh my god! So the re- so the only thing that's good is that they hired Gordon. And yeah, <laughs> what Molson basically said is that they'll be working together. Essentially, basically saying like we're gonna have a French GM just so he can speak French. But Gordon's like the Shanahan. He's gonna run the shit. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. gonna be running the show. He's the Shanahan of the organization, so everything goes through him. Um, but in terms of candidates. There, there, right now, there's rumors of like Patrick Raw, which I'll yes, I saw that. Myself. <laughs> I want that hothead being a GM. The guy will trade like 50 people in a minute. Uh, Daniel Briere, who's who played mm-hmm. for Montreal for one year. Uh, 
Matthew Darsh, which, which is the one I really want. He's the assistant GM in Tampa. And uh, Madden Jr., I believe he's with Anaheim, who drafted all of their recent picks. Mm-hmm. Zegris, uh, well, Comtois has not been great, but he drafted him, Sam Steele, Drysdale. Uh, all their, like, recent three- to four-year picks, he's right. been involved with that. So he's good at drafting and development. Um, and, like, just a whole new refresh of the organization now. Everyone's going to question who they're going to trade off the roster. Yeah. Unfortunately, they don't have many tradable contracts right now, except for Ben Chirac, who's a UFA and has been okay this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone else is locked in uh, to term. It would have to take them e- either eating half of these contracts or a contract in a contract out sort of deal if they were to rebuild like that. I don't know what else they would be moving on from or who, but I don't know. Like, it's going to be hard for them to do like a full on rebuild. Yeah. They might just retool the entire roster and get a lot younger and just make the roster construction better and then be like kind of where Detroit is right now, where they have some guys there. They're competitive. They play, play, they have some good young guys. They're competitive. Not doing like a full rebuild like Detroit of last year or two years ago, but kind of like Detroit now and then kind of build up from there is where I could see it happening just based on the contracts that they have. Yeah, and you make a good point because it's easier than said, easier than done, right? Like you go on NHL 22 or NHL 21, it's so easy to trade those players with long-term contracts. You get like a second-round pick, third-round pick. But then unfortunately, this is real life, and teams are smarter. They don't have cap space, and they're not going to take on these guys with long-term deals like a Hoffman just recently signed. Uh, Suzuki, obviously, you're going to keep him, but he obviously just signed a big contract extension at $7 million, I believe. So I don't think the move is to go full rebuild mode because I, I don't think you really can with all the contracts, and it's tough to get out of them. You can move a few guys here and there with one year, two years left, but at the end of the day, I think you're right. I think it's just a, really, a big retool, not a small retool. I think it's a big retool, but you know, we'll see how it goes. I think Jim Gordon's got it down pat. The only thing I questioned at the beginning of the year with the Montreal Canadiens, obviously in hindsight, it, it, it would be so stupid to do this, but fire Bergevin right before the season. And obviously everyone would have been like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? But I believe the Jeff Molson's plan was to kind of take a step back. And Bergevin obviously went in and said, no, we're going to go for it because we, we look at what we just did. We just made the final. And then obviously management or the upper management like Jeff Molson was right. And obviously they're not very good. Mark Bergevin tried to make them good, adding Dvorak, all those guys going down with injuries, adding Hoffman and stuff like that. So I believe they saw two different things. And obviously that's why Mark Bergevin ended up getting fired. But I don't even think like it's a bad firing for him and the organization just because he's been there for so long and we can't forget that they made two conference finals, one of them being going to the final, one of them they probably should have went to the finals. Um, and Mark Bergerman was a big part in both of those uh, things. So I think you've got to get, like, at the end of the day, what do you think Mark Bergerman's legacy in Montreal is? Is it bad? Is it good? Because to me, I think it's more good. I think so, too. The biggest knock on him by far is drafting development. And it has <laughs> been even before he – I don't even know before he got there, but when he was there, their draft picks were all awful. The only ones that have been good are like, you can't even say Caulfield right now because he's been awful this year. Well, he was great in the playoffs. He's like their most promising prospect that they have. They have Gooley, who's hmm. good. And then Mayu is just, what the hell is that pick? Um, and then like, just a, like his drafting development's awful. Like that's not just on him. It's also yeah, exactly, like how the yeah. organization develops players. Mm-hmm. But in terms of wheeling and dealing trades and, and signing pretty decent contracts, he was great at that, especially yeah, value trades. Mm-hmm. He won a, way more trades than he lost, in my opinion. Well, that didn't ultimately lead to a cup or like even like how they got there. It's not like they were dominant in the regular season because they haven't been the last couple of years. But he made deals he won individual deals, but it didn't make the team like amazing. So like, but overall, like you, like you said, they made the conference finals in 2014 would have easily went to the finals of price played. Then they just went to the cup final. They lost obviously to the juggernaut Tampa Bay lightning. So you, mm-hmm. well, you got to sh- 
shrug your shoulders there because there was no chance they were winning that series. Um, but it was just more like the drafting development. Like you had all these first round picks. Well, a lot of them were in later rounds because they were really good when Bergevin first got there. They made the playoffs right. like four or five straight years. They went decently deep, at least the second round in most of those series. Um, that's why all the first round picks were later. That's fine. But the ones like the cock and yummy was awful. Trading for Sergachev Duran was not great, even though say what you want about Duran. Sergachev is not like a superstar stud defenseman either. Um, just like, and then just those are like just drafting development, like from 2013 to like 2015 was bad. <laughs> even 2012 with Galchenyuk, but he inherited that pick. So I can't really blame him there. Yeah, just the little things. Obviously, you could look back. I'd say what you did, say what you did wrong. But at the end of the day, I think it's more of an organizational thing, not Mark Bergevin just himself. But obviously, he takes the brunt being the GM of the Montreal Canadiens for sure. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. I don't think it's something that the Montreal Canadiens are going to necessarily rush on and pick a GM right away because that's something, especially with that organization, you want to take your time on that. Yeah, like, I think they want to get Bergevin, rid of Bergevin now. Like, he is out of contract at the end of the year. So, that was fine with him, like, him firing him. But I think they want to wait and then bring someone in for the trade deadline because that's going to be, like, huge potentially for the team in the direction of the franchise. If you have someone, you bring in the right guy, you make all the right trades at the trade deadline and then the draft. So, that's why I think they're going to take their time. Yep, totally agree. All right, we can go to the next one, which is a suspension, and it was the one that I didn't see live or see at the moment. I saw it a bit later, but Brendan Lemieux suspended five games for, I can't believe I'm saying this, but biting uh, Brady Kachuk, his opponent in that game. Um, your thoughts on that? When I, I saw it, I didn't even really believe it, and then I saw it, I was like, okay. The guy is just a straight-up dickhead, just like his dad. Apparently, he's like, hated even by like his teammates well in New York especially that's why they traded him because like it was like a Tony D'Angelo situation where the, the, his teammates didn't like him he was like really stuck up and like just did so many stupid things but like it doesn't surprise me because his dad was very similar but at least his dad won and was a good player this guy's just a, a fourth line scrub who shit and the fact that he bit Kachuk a guy that's like even as much as an agitator as Lemieux is like, yeah. and Brady sounded off on him after the game. Like it just tells a lot about a guy and like the fact that you're biting people's hands and like there's blood, like he bit off basically a piece of his hand. That's and, like that. That's just pathetic. And you need to really check yourself if you're going to be in, in a professional league doing shit like that. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And um, it's NHL history here because Claude Lemieux and Brendan Lemieux are the first uh, <laughs> father and son duo to have a biting suspension in the NHL. So Yeah, that's why I'm not surprised. <laughs> congrats to those two. Um, five games he got. Do you think that's fair? Do you think that's less than what he should have gotten or more than what he should have gotten? Way less. They were supposed to be in-person hearing. That's automatically at least five games, and he got the bare minimum. So... <laughs> I don't know what the hype was. Oh, it's in person. Oh, it's going to be, you know, seven, eight, maybe 10 games. And it was five. So the NHL, the Department of Player Safety, George Concussed Peros over there continues to just drop the ball on these, on these incidents. Yeah, I don't understand what's going on from their point of view with this. It's something that we literally don't see quite too often because, first of all, it's hard to bite someone when they have a glove on. Obviously, he didn't have his glove on. They were fighting. But, like, when, when, when someone does that, like, it doesn't happen often, so you got to suspend them for more games because the next time this happens, it's going to be even more games. And it's going to be awful for the player who they give it to. Obviously, the guy deserves it, but it's going to be more than five games now. I for sure, I think so. But Brandon Lemieux, five games, I think it should have been more, probably in the double digits because, like I said, we haven't seen it before. The next guy that's going to get it is going to get double digits. And uh, Brendan Lemieux just keeps being an idiot across the league. And, and I don't think anyone really likes uh, him. He's not a very good player. Brady Kachuk sounded off, like you said, Joe. I, I, like, I know Brady Kachuk plays a, a certain style. And he's not innocent either. But no one deserves to get bitten in the hand. Like, that's crazy. No, like, it's just like you don't do stuff like that. Like, okay, if it was a questionable hit, that's different. That's a hockey-ish yeah. play. Hmm. This was after the whistle. 
you're scrumming, you're on the ice, and you basically are like, okay, I'm going to bite this guy. That was basically <laughs> what went through his head, and he did it. Like, it's not like, oh, it was like a split-second decision. It was definitely premeditated. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, next one, next news. It's a signing. It's a big signing for this organization. Uh, so Jack Hughes returned to the lineup last night versus the San Jose Sharks. They lost that game. But before the game, Jack Hughes signs an eight-year, $64 million deal with the New Jersey Devils. That means $8 million per season. Is this a good or bad signing? We both know each other's thoughts, but if we really want to get into it, is a good or bad signing for the Devils and Jack Hughes? Right now, it's an absolutely stupid contract. It could develop into a solid one, but he has done literally nothing in his career. I don't care what any goddamn chart tells you. Look at his numbers, his actual numbers. I don't care his zone entries, his this, this, that. He plays on an okay team now. Obviously, he was hurt. Mm-hmm. He's a first overall pick. He's expected to be good. Yeah. He does. He has awful numbers. If you look at both years, yes, they're rebuilding. All, I get all of that. But they. it's not like he's playing with, like, seven Ryan Reeves on the squad either. Like, He's a first overall pick. He should be making instant impact, and he did not do that at all, at least in his rookie year. Got a little bit better the following year, like last year. This year was obviously hurt, so you can't really say too much about that. But if you just look at his totals, for a first overall pick, he was a slam dunk first overall pick going into that draft as well. And it just – it's I don't see it yet. It could, it will – it probably will happen because I have seen him play. He is good. Mm-hmm. But eight – Millions. He, he has more. He just signed a bigger contract in millions than he has career points in the NHL. Like I don't. I, that's probably don't get. Like you don't. You, if anything, you could have gave him like a Pedersen bridge. Yeah, deal for bridge. Now. Yeah. It's not. It's not like he was gonna like perform. He's not gonna get a hundred points next year, and then you have to give him like twelve million. Like that. That's not. He's not a twelve million dollar player. Not even close. No. Not even really projected. Like. That's the thing. Like, you could have gave him seven times three Pedersen. I, I'll see that because, obviously, his numbers were not the same as Pedersen, but the potential is there. He's only 20. Okay, I get it. But $64 million. He hasn't done anything <laughs> in his career. <laughs> he has 20 goals in, like, 120 games. Like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. No, I, I agree. I see the frustration there because, like – he doesn't really deserve that right now in the future. Sure. Okay. But that's what a bridge deal is for, right? Like (laughs) you're not giving this guy $64 million because he deserves it. You're giving him $64 million because you think in the future, he's going to deserve it. And I don't like sometimes in certain situations, I think that's the case, but sometimes when you see a player with 55 points in 120 career games and they're first overall and supposed to be leading a franchise, I don't think that's the first thing I would do and do like, I know I'm going back to NHL 22, but if I signed a guy for $8 million per year and he only had 55 career points, I'm letting him walk. Like I'm trading him. Like I'm not signing him to eight, eight years, $8 million. And they want the max eight year, which is a good thing. Only if the AAV was a bit lower to start off. Um, so apparently he makes $9.5 million in his first year of the contract too. Good so I, I don't know. Like this is going to be a good deal if the New Jersey Devils have to get obviously get their shit together. And I think they will do that around year two, three, four of the contract. But it just looks very odd for a guy getting paid this amount of money that hasn't really done anything. And like you said, Joe, his underlying numbers is, is whatever, his chart stuff, it looks good. But I can't pay a guy $8 million a season if his chart looks good. I need to see the product on the ice. Obviously, the product's not there. He's a great player. think he will be good. He just not is he's not that right now. And I think that's something that the league very is doing wrong. Like they're paying for the future, not the now. And then when the future comes and they start declining, then you then you wonder why people are so busts and people get mad at like management and stuff like that. Like we just saw this year a bunch of defensemen getting paid nine million dollars. One guy won the Norris trophy and got a million dollars more than the guy who didn't do anything so far in his career, right? So yeah. <laughs> yeah, but two different positions. I get that importance i get that older in age i get that but at a certain point you really got to look this contract in the mirror and say wow like wow this is big like it's it's not good for the league i think no i hate these long-term deals like the nhl needs to get rid of these eight years even before remember these have like 12 13 year deals yeah they need to go like the nba route where it's like five years because 
like so many guys, especially if you're signing a guy in his late twenties, like say UFA, obviously not everyone's going to get a, a seven or eight year deal. But like, if you're like, say Petrangelo, mm-hmm. his contract's going to be absolutely awful. The last two <laughs> to three years of that deal. Yeah. He's already like 31 turning 32 or something like that. Like if you give him five years, say like the NBA, like the max or whatever, like even the NFL, I don't think you can give, that long too unless you're giving it to a QB like Mahomes 10 years or whatever yeah, yeah, the hell yeah. that was yeah but and then even baseball is the same thing is ridiculous it's like 10 mm-hmm. years here 10 years 10 years 10 years we just saw it million. yeah we just yeah, saw it like it's ridiculous like these guys like you only give guys 10 million if they're like 20 like you don't give a guy 10 years when he's 26 27 and if they prove like, themselves yeah but holy smokes like I think they just need to get rid of eight years and do like five, six. So like six for RFA, then five for UFA yeah. or something. I I, I'd be okay be, with that. There'd be a lot less buyouts, a lot less trading around bad contracts. And a lot less pissed fans. Yeah, exactly. Like it just, it works out better for everyone. These players are, don't have to be committed so long <laughs> to one team. Yeah. I don't know. This contract, it just doesn't make sense right now. Yeah, yeah. Right now, it doesn't make sense. Obviously, no. it could look good in the future. If you, it could look good at the end of the season. We don't know, but people, a lot of people are hyping this guy up. We know one person that is, but we'll we'll see in the future if this looks good. It ends up being good. Yeah. Um. So, quick news. We could go through it. So, obviously, I mentioned Jack Hughes returned from injury. Drew Doughty also returned from injury, and the Kings have been looking decent in the last couple of games. Obviously, I think they lost last night, but they look. They look fun in a way. Obviously, they're not winning games, but they look fun and young enough where Drew Doughty could sort of hang around there and start to put up some numbers. <laughs> so I, I don't know if that makes him making Team Canada in on in January or February, whenever the tournament is, but he's back from injury now. That helps. Yeah, so like you said, like LA has been like decent based on expectation. Well, all the California teams have. Like obviously, Anaheim went on that like ridiculous run. Mm-hmm. It was like Troy Terry looked like you know Mike Bossy, and now like they're like now they're a bit starting to cool down a little bit. Obviously, I think LA Blue Ford won the last time when Dowdy yeah, back, did. so I don't. So that's not great. He but, played twenty eight minutes. Okay, I like what the heck you did. The guy just came back. <laughs> Thirty. Like he's young anymore. But like the California teams, obviously the Leafs just went in and kind of embarrassed all three of them. But they haven't been. T- too bad this year they've surprised uh they've won a few clutch games like san jose has been pretty decent as well Mm -hmm. so no i I agree the california teams have uh, they've i think the word is surprised me like i I thought they're gonna be very bad but they've hold their own this year um your boy's making history he sits at 749 career goals that is fourth all time now and he's one power play a goal away from tying the record I mean, this guy just keeps on chugging. He is having the best start in his NHL career, which is crazy to say after a contract extension in the summer. People said he's getting old. Is he going to be Gretzky? We've been talking about this this whole script, I guess, for the last three years, and yep. this is his best one. Like, it's crazy. It is. And he's 36. He is not slowing down. Even his, like – like his shot attempts, like people always break down, like, okay, as goals, goals. But if you see his shot attempts and shots on goal, like they are not slowing down. The guy is like closer to 40 than 30. Yeah. And the guy is still like unbelievable. Like ever since he won that cup, it's like all the stress kind of went off of his shoulders and he's playing, he's scoring at like a ridiculous rate. Like obviously he was before the cup as well. But, like, it's like you would think, oh, he's getting older, he's getting older. Like, the year of the COVID shutdown, the guy was tied with Pasternak for the Rocket yep. with 48 goals, and he was, like, 33. Like, yep. he's going to he, – right now, he's only, he's one goal away from 20, and it's December 1st. It's crazy. Yeah, I just – I love watching, and, and it's just – like, all – he scored – and he doesn't even score on that one-timer as much anymore. I, I realize a lot of teams are taking that away. Like, if you watch all of his goals this year, they're all different. Empty net, backhand, five hole. In front of the net. shot, in front of the net, tips, tap-ins, deflections. Like, he's scoring a bunch of different ways, though. It's like he kind of reinvented himself. And he scored a hat-trick again, like, last week. <laughs> or on last Friday, he scored a hat-trick against Florida, the, one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. And he just made it look easy. So, I don't know. 
Yeah, he keeps on chugging. Another old guy in the league, he just hit 400 career goals. Joel Pavelski of the Dallas Stars had a tough start to the year. Now he's pretty, he's doing pretty good for the Stars. They're going to need him if they want to make the playoffs because he can score goals. Obviously, they have another number of players on that team, but 400 goals for the guy, man. Yeah, and this was, I believe, a seventh-round pick back in 2003. So what a what a career for Joel Pavelski. Obviously, he was a Olympian at the Olympics. He, he might get invited this year. Who knows? Probably not because of his age. But he is turning it up, and they might he might get their attention for like a 15, 14th or 13th forward potentially. But, you know, ever since he got to Dallas, like everyone thought he was on the downturn. Yeah, I thought he was. Yeah, San Jose. He was like 35 leaving San Jose. The guy was unbelievable last year, even though they just missed the playoffs. And he had a slow start, but I have him in fantasy, and he's been really tearing it up the last, like, eight, nine games. Three yeah, I believe, I believe this is the last year of his contract, which yep. was three years, seven million. <laughs> Talk about money. Uh, but, yeah, this is the last year of his deal. I don't know if he's going to hang up the skates, and we'll see what happens with Joe. So. Maybe we'll go to a contender if Dallas is out of the playoff picture. He'll sign a one-year after this year because he can still play. So yeah. Who knows what he wants to do? Yeah, there's no doubting that for sure. Um, Team Canada news. I guess the Olympics are around the corner. The World Juniors are really literally around the corner. I believe in three, four weeks it starts that tournament. And one big name not going to the tournament, the LA Kings prospect on the blue line, Brant Clark, was not even invited to Team Canada. Um a shock around the world of junior hockey because this guy's leading the OHL in D-man points. Um, it is said that his, the rumor is out there that he wasn't selected because of his defensive laps and ability to defend. I don't know what you think about that, but this guy would probably be one of the contenders for best turn, best defenseman in the tournament. I know Owen Powers on team Canada and he got invited. Hopefully he makes the team as well, but Brent Clark would have been a very nice add off for the offensive part of that team. No idea why he's not selected. Team Canada loves to make these stupid ass decisions and they do it with their Olympic team as well. <laughs> Look at Chris Kunitz being on the 2014 team and Jumbo Joe was on the World Cup of Hockey team. Uh, like what the hell? <laughs> but they always make us so many, they always make one or two stupid decisions and sometimes it bites them in the ass, sometimes yes. it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. um, Especially if you want to look at one that bite bit them in the ass, go look at the 98 Olympics when Gretzky wasn't put into the shootout. Yep. But they like, especially with world juniors, like uh, there's so many talented players, mm-hmm. but you have a guy, like you just said, leading the OHL, the offensive hockey league and defensive scoring with over a point a game, obviously drafted by the Kings this past draft. Mm-hmm. But like, even if you, if he has defensive efficiencies, Put him on the second pair or third pair and make him run the power play. Like, yep. how is that hard to comprehend? No, we'll put it on power and make him play 28 minutes a game <laughs> like we did with Bowen Byron last year. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, you're not wrong because I think maybe they are overcomplicating this and they want a tight defensive group that can play defense. But at the end of the day, like we see – Obviously, I think Canada is a pretty easy group. I think they play Czech Republic, Germany, Finland, and someone else. And it's very easy, and the other side's very hard. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, they usually run up the score on all these teams, and Brand Clark would have probably been a massive part of that running up the score part. But maybe they want to play a more defensive style of hockey in this tournament because, like I said, their group's pretty easy. But that's a weird one. I won't get it. Uh, we won't get it until, until he says it or someone says it out there. But pretty weird call for team Canada and the world juniors. Uh, I'm excited when that tournament comes out, maybe we'll do a little crossover pool between us and the burning leaf. Cause we did it last year. So we'll, we'll definitely keep tabs on that for sure. Yeah, I'll be down. I'd be down too. Um, the Olympic jerseys also came out too. I believe Finland's U S Canada, Sweden came out. I don't remember if the other teams came out, but Team Canada, USA will focus on because those are two that were hyped up the most and they gave us no hype when they came out. Awful. The only ones that were good were the white ones for Canada. Like, those are actually nice. Yep. The U.S., the white is the best one, but it's still awful. Yeah, it's not good. possible. (laughs) And then, like, for Canada, like, why the hell do you have a red jersey with the black flag, the black leaf? That doesn't make any sense. Where's their black flag ever? 
Like, like a black maple leaf. Black leaf. I don't get it. And then the black jersey with red. That's meh. The white one. The white one's nice. I will give it that. But the other two are not great. The USA. It's like they have. They didn't know what color to choose for the third. So they're like, okay, let's make it a lighter blue. <laughs> oh, that's great. So yeah. bad, man. I don't know what Nike's doing. Yeah, I don't know. Nike really dropped the ball on those. Uh, but if that white jersey is available somewhere out there, I'd be okay to get that one. That's a pretty nice one. Mm-hmm. But the other ones, uh, Sweden and Finland, if you just stick to what works, just keep sticking to it and it works. Sweden has the best jerseys in hockey for international. It is the same every year and it doesn't get worse because it's the same. Yeah, those they're always the best ones. They're always the best ones because they don't really overcomplicate it. But yeah. those are the Olympics jerseys. I'd go not on them for sure. We have this hot or not. I'd go not. But Definitely not, except for the white Canada one. I can't even say the white USA one. I don't know. Maybe they'll look good on the players because they were on mannequins, for God's sake. So, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. We'll see when they get out there on the ice. Um, some trade news. Some trade request news, sorry. Jake DeBrusque is set to have a trade request from the Bruins. I think this has been going on for at least two years now. We've been talking about this guy because he obviously hasn't popped off. But this all dates back to when the Bruins took him in the first round. Well, they had three first-round picks in a row. They took Seneshin, DeBrusque, and Zaboro, I believe, um, in all those. So this doesn't look great from that standpoint. But at another standpoint, this is a prospect that was brought into the league, supposed to be doing good. He had a good start to his career really really dropped off from there ever since i think the cup finals when he really fell off um i don't know what happened like it's like they need depth scoring they have him but they're either not playing him enough or he's just not performing like it was kind of like bad on both sides like cassidy I, i like from what i've been reading like him and cassidy don't have a great relationship and, like, he gets, like, healthy scratch or he's on the fourth line, third line, no power play time or not much power play time. But he didn't he not score, like, 20-plus goals, like, I believe so, yeah. three years ago? Like, the guy was, like, 21. He scored, like, 20-plus. And everyone's like, okay, finally, we got him coming from that 2015 debacle draft. And then <laughs> it didn't work out. But they both – I think DeBrus needs a fresh start. Um, I could see a team like Calgary or, or Edmonton looking at him for, for depth. He's probably not too, too expensive in terms no. of – because his stock is is low right now. Like, I can – because he's from Western Canada, so I can see one of those teams going or just a team that needs, like, a middle six, a second or third line winger. Um, apparently, there's a lot of teams interested, and he's only, I think, 24. So, it's not like he's old or anything, but we'll see, like, when this happens because it's, it's going to happen. It's just yeah. a matter of when and who's going to pay the price that Boston's looking for. Yeah, we talked about his start to his career, and you said 20 goals. He scored 27, dude. Holy smoke. 27. So his career started off with 16, 27, 19, and then after the 19, season, the COVID season, five, and then three this year, which yeah, is – What a drop-off. That's a big draw-off. He was good, I remember, man. He was very good. Obviously, playing in the top six helps. Now he's not, but – you know, Mike Johnson was on overdrive yesterday. He talked about teams, not good teams trading for him. And then obviously kind of developing him and getting his untapped potential, like the Ottawa Senators, the Detroit Red Wings, and the Arizona Coyotes kind of grabbing on and untapped potential and obviously unleashing it. But we'll see what happens because it's going to happen pretty soon, I'd assume. Yeah. Miko Koivu in the Minnesota Wild, his number nine will be retired by that team. Obviously, there was a big falling out between the two sides last summer where he was uh, not even re-signed, their captain. And uh, obviously, now he's being honored by the Minnesota Wild and getting that uh, number nine in the rafters. So good for him. Yeah, he's obviously their best player in franchise history. Uh, like more of a defensive center and a playmaking center more than anything. Like he's basically essentially a second line center. Like that's mm-hmm. like his legacy. And then obviously as he got older, his third line center and like a face-off specialist. You mentioned they're like falling out. It was so bad because it was like, he just wanted, I think, a one or two year deal and they didn't give it to him, even though they weren't like expected to do much Minnesota. Yeah. And then he goes to Columbus, plays like less than 10 games and he's like, I'm done. (laughs) 
That was so weird. I guess the Wild knew what they were talking about. I guess so. Yeah. Um, this is surprise. I don't know if it's surprising, but waiver wire, the two big guys on waivers, Vander Kane and Matt Murray, they both cleared. Um, I didn't think anyone would ever take both those guys, even not even guys, their contract as well. But it's pretty surprising that two prominent signings, both for their clubs, are on waivers. Um, you, you all know the Evander Kane story. We all know the Matt Murray story. Were you surprised at all by these guys hitting waivers and obviously clearing? Not surprised by hitting waivers just based on the last couple of years, especially for someone like Matt Murray, who as soon as he signed that contract with Ottawa, it's been a complete and utter disaster. He's like literally just not an NHL goalie anymore. No, nope. Um, it's just been such a fall from grace since he won those cups in Pittsburgh, obviously. And then like for Vander Kane, like all this stuff happened in the off season. We all know this. He had a phenomenal year last year mm-hmm. with San Jose. Obviously he didn't make the playoffs and all that, but stats wise, he was almost a point a game. So the fact that this all kind of collapsed, his personal life off the ice issues, his teammates don't want him on the team anymore. That wasn't surprising. If you told me he was waived like in April of this, like of 2021, I would be shocked. But <laughs> over the last couple of years, obviously he got that 20 game suspension because of the fake vaccine card. Um, but I don't know who would be interested in him. Apparently the Canucks are sniffing around. So if that happens, Jimmy Benning will get basically burned out of stake if that happens with his greased up hair. <laughs> That's so Vancouver. Oh yeah, it's so Vancouver. <laughs> like, but yeah, trading for a guy who you know who has problems and locker room issues, and you already have that in your organization yourself from top to bottom. That is like crazy if they did that. I don't think anyone should trade for Evander Kane. He is a great player, but what he brings to the table outside of the game is not something I think you want to deal with. And obviously, the cap it's pretty high too. He obviously can be worth that cap it if he put his brain on, but. He's a good player. There's not denying it. Just the thing, the luggage he brings with him is bad. Yeah, so bad. <laughs> and then for Matt Murray, um, this is a thing that I think is good for him. Well, it's not good because he's making $6 million. But a struggling player going to the minors, kind of recuperating himself. I think it's good for him in the long run. I just don't see how he can get back to what he was on Pittsburgh with the peak form i believe he was one year he had like 30 wins like 11 losses or something like that a 930 crazy where he's gone and where he is now i don't know like i think it's good for him but at the end of the day you're also paying him six million dollars you don't really want to him playing six million dollar games in the ahl but i think that's something they really have to look forward uh to if you want to buy him out or something because it's not good for that ottawa centers team who are getting their young players and having to sign the young players to some term and uh, some money. So we'll see what happens on that front. Yeah. And like ever, ever since he got to Ottawa, he's had all these injuries and it's like setback, setback plays. And he's like injured again. It's like, it's been like literally like a nightmare for him and the team. So. Yeah. And I, I don't expect anything from Ottawa, but I also expect some good goaltending when you're paying a guy $6 million. Like he's, he's at fault for most of the losses, which is yes. not a good sign. Yeah. So, um, another suspension, Marchand back in it again. It's three games for a slew foot. PK Subban should be definitely looking at his game right now because he is the next victim of a, of a game suspension for this. Um, Brad Marchand wasn't considered a repeat offender, even though he's been he's been suspended for slew footing in the past. Like I don't, I don't get it. Obviously, over eighteen months span, you're not allowed. You're not considering a repeat offender, but like I thought, this should have been a bit more. Like I'm not satisfied with three games. Like yeah, like like you said, the whole Subban thing. How the hell did Subban not get like fucking anything? That's the part I don't get. The guy literally <laughs> had three incidences this year. This year, yeah. All he did was get fined. Like, I don't understand that. One was to reuse, which looked awful, but it didn't result in an injury. Then he had one against, uh, who was it now? I don't, know. I don't remember. But then the one is with Sammy Blaze. That wasn't really a slew foot, but they both go into the corner again, and Sammy Blaze is out for the year. So I don't know. Like, how the hell is this guy getting away with all this shit? And then Marshan, like you said, slew foot's the dirtiest game thing you could do in hockey like as an actual during the play 
Yeah. You cannot do anything that's dirtier than a slew foot. Maybe a hit from behind, but even that's like, you'll feel a guy coming for the most part. Slew foot, you can't prepare for it really. But like you said, it, the repeat offender thing is 18 months, so that's whatever. It should be at least five games, I think, mm -hmm. just based on the player himself and his reputation. He's a fantastic player. But he does all this extra shit that deteriorate, that takes stuff away from his team, penalizes his team and all that. And he has been a lot better since, I guess, he turned 30 years old. But he still clearly has it in him to do stupid stuff like this. Yeah, and we just saw last Friday on the Thanksgiving games in the afternoon, we saw Panarin throw his glove at Marchand. And Marchand said something about, oh, you're not allowed to back in your country or something like that. Like, he's just yeah. man, tough, tough week for Brad Marchand. But... I thought it should have been a bit more, maybe five, six games I'd have been okay with. But people wanted the book thrown at him, like 20 games. I don't, yeah, I don't really relax. see that. I don't really yeah. see that. But yeah. um, Marshan in the news again, suspended again. So we'll see when he comes back to line up. I think he's not back till next Thursday because the Bruins are off from, I believe, Saturday to next Thursday or Wednesday. So they have a bit of a break there. So we'll see Marshan back next week. Um, some old news we have. So Braden points down four to six weeks. Not good for the Tampa Lightning. Um, Islanders postponed games and a bunch of guys on COVID protocol. Not good as well. And Ottawa had games suspended due to COVID protocol and players like that. So we, I remember we talked about this at the beginning of the year. I didn't think this was going to be a thing with COVID, but it definitely is. And it's affecting the season. Could it affect Olympics? We don't know, but I am shocked to see how many players, coaching staff, it's, it's through the league. Like, I'm, I'm really shocked. <laughs> uh, so am I. Like, it's actually embarrassing that there's been this many issues, considering that, like, 99.9% .9 of the <laughs> league is fully vaccinated. Yeah. Like, like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, how bad are these protocols? Or are these guys just not giving a shit anymore? Like, I, I really don't know what the, what the answer is. But it, it is really, really going to put the Olympics in jeopardy. If if there's like another big shutdown with it, like in December, like it's in je it's in serious jeopardy of not happening because yeah. then you can't make up the games and then it could spread there and all that. So mm -hmm. they they the NHL actually just sent a memo this week, basically saying to cancel all holiday parties for the teams, Crazy. no big gatherings. They sent that out this week, and they mm -hmm. said in three weeks, I think, like just before Christmas, they'll see if they have to keep it in still. But they said no big gatherings for – if you're on the part of the staff, whatever, all that. So they're really hunkering down so that the Olympics happen. But it, right now it's a question mark. Yeah, I think it's a bigger question mark than people think. I said it on the yeah. Burning Leaf. I said it on Burning Leaf that, like, it's like the way the Olympics and the NHL are running it. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think the two sides are going to work just because based off all these things happening. And I said, I'm burning leaf. And I might've said on here, stupidest thing the NHL could have done, put an all-star game right before the Olympics. Like what? And in Vegas, like really? They're so stupid for that. It's because they're <laughs> horny for money. Yeah. I don't blame them at all. But like at the same time, log logistically, like it doesn't make sense. Like at all. No. Or, but. or you do the, or I don't even know. Or you just have like a team, but you don't do the actual. Events. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. That's what they should have done. But anyways, yeah. we'll go to the award segment. The hard hat award awarded to the best player in the NHL past week play. You have my goalie, <laughs> the big guy there. Yeah, I got Jack Campbell. The guy just doesn't lose and makes saves all day long. So since we last recorded, I think the numbers are right. I think he's six and one with two shutouts. And a nine six eight save percentage since last recording, and those are all basically the California swing that really brought up his numbers. And he's just been unbelievable, as you know. And he, I don't know what contract he's getting. I don't either. You can't even say like the small sample size anymore because he's played a lot this year specifically, and they just they just win like every game, like. He's like he made a lot of he played really well against Anaheim, made almost like 40 saves when they won. But like some of his nights are like they'll be going into the third and they'll have like he'll have like 15, 16 saves. So like he doesn't get the most work because they're they're a good team, but he's not letting anything in the net. No. So. Yeah, I totally agree. It kind of reminds me of Anderson from 1718, where 
the Leafs are scoring. Their big guys were scoring as well. But at the end of the day, like, Frederick Anderson was kind of bailing them out in games, and people didn't really, like, put the spotlight on him because obviously you had guys like Matthews, uh, Nylander, and Marner scoring the lights out. But it sort of reminds me of that as well. But Campbell's playing unbelievable. I don't know what his contract's going to look like. We'll save it until he needs it. Uh, just enjoying him right now because I don't know if they're going to get it done. So we'll see. Um, my guy, player of the week, player – Player of the last three weeks, I guess we could call it. Kill McCarr, crazy I'm about to say this, but seven goals, seven assists, 14 points since the last recording. That I don't know how a defenseman has seven goals in three weeks. Like The only guy to do it, I would say Kill McCarr and Adam Fox, but Kill McCarr has an absolute great scoring touch on the back end. Uh, this guy continues to get better, and a lot of people weren't talking about him. Because he was injured, I believe is also in protocol as well. I think I know actually. Mm-hmm. Was it protocol or injury? I, I don't think know. it was injury. Might have been injury, but I think like people are really under not. I wouldn't say underrating him because he's obviously a great player, but for the Olympics, I think he's going to be a big factor for that club with McDavid. Like people talk about McDavid, McKinnon, and Crosby, they got to start talking about Kale McCarr on that back end because he's going to be a massive help for that for that squad, man. Yeah, 100%. Like you said, the seven goals is ridiculous. Like, he had, like, multiple two-goal games, like, in a week. <laughs> but, like, when he – if you watch his goals, he moves around the offensive zone like a winger. Yeah. Like, he, all of his edge work, his speed, getting – like, he gets right into the slot. Like, I don't know how. <laughs> like, he just, like, explodes from the point to the slot and, like, no one can stop him. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, he's a fantastic skater. Um, I believe I said my hot take at the beginning of the year, 90 points for Kim McCarr. Don't think it's really happened. If he stayed healthy, that could have happened. Well, he has 20 and 16 games, which is pretty damn good. So if he keeps keeps playing the rest of the year, I could see 70 points for sure, 80 points. But 90 will be a stretch. But we'll we'll see how far it goes down the list from there. Um. To the bad award, the golden plunger, given to the biggest underperformer of the week, team or player. We both picked team in this scenario. One has excuses, the other maybe not so much. I'm going to go first. The New York Islanders, and we just mentioned them that they had a bunch of games postponed. They still have games postponed, postponed right now. A um, bunch of guys have COVID, bunch of guys are injuries. I totally get that. And then I looked at their losing streak. They're on an eight-game losing streak. I did not realize that. Like, I, I, I maybe would have thought it was four or five, but eight? Yikes. Um, yeah. I don't know if – no, we probably wouldn't have discussed it either three weeks ago, um, this losing streak to begin with. But obviously the guys in COVID protocol, we talked about on Burning Leaf. I don't know if they can make up ground for going to the playoffs. Like, it's going to be tough. No, they're in they're in big trouble, and like the they had to start their season with a thirteen game yeah. road trip, mm-hmm. which is the worst I've ever seen. Um, because their building wasn't finished yet. Their new building, they they obviously they got back there, but they lost back to back games immediately over that opening weekend. Um, to, one was to the Leafs, and I forget the other game might have been the Flyers, but like just I don't know what happened, like. They just can't score, which has been their problem for ever since Trotz got there. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're a defensive team. They have excuses, but, like, they just – they've lost so much ground in such a tough division, the Metro. Like, Washington and Carolina are right now running away yeah, buzzing, with the yeah. top two spots. And, you know, Pittsburgh's around. Philly, they're, they're a question mark at times. You got the Rangers in there who are winning games, even though they're not convincingly winning games. Sturkin standing on his head like every night for them but I don't know the Islanders they're in they're in trouble and this is a team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals back-to-back years so if they're gonna go on a run it has to be like right now or else it's just with their division it's just it's a lost cause yeah like you said the top of division is very tough and it's going to be a lot to kind of bring to the table for them if they want to get their playoff hopes up but your squad, the team you picked for the Colton Plunger, yeah. what excuse do they have? You could tell me right now. Well, I can't because they don't have one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing about – remember how everyone was ripping the North Division? So right now in the NHL, you have 
three of the top, I believe, six teams from Canada, Toronto, Edmonton, Calgary. You also have three of the bottom five teams from Canada in Montreal, Vancouver, and Ottawa. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> and then Winnipeg is – I would have put Winnipeg here too, but this is just worse based on things that haven't happened yet. Yeah. So obviously the Canucks, they just beat the awful Montreal Canadiens the other night on Monday. 2-1, Demko played great, whatever. Before then, I believe they lost 10 straight going into that game. But they have locker room issues, major locker room issues, guys not performing, embarrassing defensive performances, and getting blown out often. The GM basically saying, this was, I believe, two or three weeks ago before this massive slide, hey, those guys just need to figure it out. Well, Jimmy, they figured it out that they're shit. (laughs) So you need to go... Your coach needs to go. Your the guys you signed have not been good. Pedersen and Hughes both, especially Pedersen, apparently was a top ten center, quote unquote, from another podcast host that you work with going into this year. He's a disaster. And then Hughes is just a winger playing defense, unfortunately for him. But they just don't have an excuse. They don't have major injuries. They didn't have COVID. They didn't have this. They didn't have that. Like it's just them and all in the locker room and lack of performance. Like they don't really have any excuses like the Islanders do. No. And the thing I think about the most is like, imagine this was the story in Toronto right now, the big four, the big guys, not scoring the goals, not winning you games. Imagine the story here. would be like, there would be, would be shot out of a cannon. Yeah. There'd be riots, man. Like obviously Vancouver is a big hockey market too. I'm not, I'm not discrediting that, but imagine the scenes that around the league, like the best players, like Colorado started off slow, Tampa started off slow. The Leafs started off slow. Imagine if that continues, it's continued with this team. Like it just hasn't got better, but they obviously won against Montreal Canadiens, like you said, and I personally think Jack Campbell will be the third goalie for the United States, just things, how things are going. But At this point, when, yeah. But when you watch Dr. Demko in winning mo- moments for the Vancouver Canucks, he is so good, man. Like, I feel so bad for him. And, you know, it looks like he may not just because of his losing record. I don't know if they're going to really take that into account, but we'll see. Yeah, like, like even just the American goalies in general, like Hellebuck struggled in terms of wins. Gibson's obviously really good, was great early on. He should be a lock. But, like, going into this year, it was a lock. You know, Demko, Hellebuck. Yeah, I'd I'd agree, yeah. Now Demko, like you said, has fallen. Even Hellebuck struggled. Campbell's been by far, in terms of just play and numbers, (laughs) the best American goalie. So he has to be in that – in the the three that are going there. Yeah, I'd agree. I don't don't really – deny that now obviously the trajectory of each team kind of flipped on a switch but yeah we'll see so the golden plungers go to the new york islanders and the vancouver cucks they got to figure their shit together so they're not going to go far or go in the playoffs at all this season um what you say jason what are we playing what you say and this is not really a funny quote it just happened today um november just ended yesterday obviously because november's ended we're on december 1st uh, Austin Matthews, I think, wanted a goal of $134,000 raised to the Movember fund that he was doing, and he got that. So he shaved his mustache for the first time, I think, in I think two years or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and here's what he had to say about that. Yeah, everybody kind of gave it a little uh, bit of a double take. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, uh, it feels it definitely feels weird. It's been a while. Any chirps? Uh... I don't know. I'm a little bit younger, I think, but I'd have to agree. Uh, I feel like I'm 16 again. Yeah, like it did look really weird that he shaved it off. <laughs> One thing to note is that, like, in the two years since he started growing it, his hairline's kind of receded a little bit, <laughs> so he can't really hide it anymore, unfortunately. But yeah, it does look different because that was like his his staple, and ever since he's had that stash, is when he kind of vaulted into like a top three goal score in the league so like now it's like oh like they're like oh is it is the stash gonna take away his powers here we go <laughs> no 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 i don't think so the toronto media is going to ride this out mark masters already saw yeah it's this is going to be a storyline for now but 
yeah, he obviously saved his mustache. It's a great cause that he did. And I really like, we did it for the FHL as well. And it's a great thing. We raised money for that. So it's always yeah. something that we have to raise money for as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So now that we did uh, the what you say, thank you, Jason, we're going to move on to Battle of the Buds here. And I know this was from three weeks ago. So you went two and one, but I went three and zero for the third consecutive week, which is crazy. Like I did not have any of this luck before ever doing this. Oh. So, I'm, so currently you're sitting at seven and five, solid record, but I'm at eleven and one, which I'm very surprised that, considering that, like a lot of the games I pick are like legit. Yeah, they're toss ups. Yeah. So like that's why it makes it fun. Just so if I win, it looks cool. So anyway, so you're seven and five. I'm eleven and one. Um, you can go with your picks first. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with a hopeful layup here. The Panthers are home to the Sabers tomorrow. I'm gonna go with the Panthers. The Oilers visit Seattle on December third. I'm going with the Oilers there. And then this one's a kind of a toss up too in that Pacific Division because both of these teams are riding high right now. Uh, December fifth, I'm going with the Golden Knights who are host to the Calgary Flames. Those are solid picks. Like you said, you got one coin flip in there. Should be two slam dunks in there as well. For mine, I have, I believe, I would say two slam dunks as well. I got the Golden Knights at Coyotes. But the Coyotes have played a lot better recently. They just put on an absolute masterclass in goaltending against the Jets. So it yeah. killed me in fantasy. Um, then I have, so that's December 3rd. Then I have the Penguins at the disastrous Canucks, as we've said. December 4th, so that's uh, the late game for Hockey Night in Canada. And then the Lightning visit the Philadelphia Flyers. So I have all the road teams here. I'm picking the Lightning to win on December 5th. Solid picks. I mean, best of luck. I don't think you'll need it because you're 11-1. So I got to catch up somehow. Hopefully these slam dunk games that you pick turn on the other side and hopefully the Canucks and the Coyotes goaltending situation keeps going. But it's going to be a dogfight at the end of the season. We'll see how it ends up. But well, go to Joe Spicy Meatball. I don't know if you have one because, you know, we've been away for three weeks. It's probably in the oven somehow, maybe now, but I don't know. Do you got one? Yeah, this baby's been marinating for a few weeks, like you said. All right. And it's it's spicy because it's, it's a very real possibility. Mm-hmm. And we, we just kind of talked about it and that the NHL will not go to the Olympics. Okay, so ultimately down deep in my heart, I'm going to say they're obviously going to go because the work's been play in place. A bunch of ro- – like before in the 2018 one, we didn't really see a bunch of roster um, set up, and now we're seeing a lot of articles, a lot of sports networks doing that. Um, if they don't get – I don't know, man. Like if they don't get their shit fixed, like they're not going to go, but – Ultimately, I do think they will, but there's a part of me that is saying if they don't get it together, they're not going to go. So I'll say yes, but it could flip a coin and not go to the Olympics. Like it'd be ter- it'd be really bad if they don't go. But ultimately, it'd be their fault and the NHL's fault for not doing that. Yeah, I totally agree. Like the only reason this came up is because literally these COVID games are throwing it a little bit out of whack. But like you said, like there's still coverage on like potential rosters and all that. It, it's just like if there's like because the keep like these these the games getting canceled keep happening. Like you just said, the Islanders are back tomorrow after their their like I don't know five day break or whatever it was. Right. So it's not like it just happened two weeks ago. It, it's happening now still. And like I said, the NHL just sent out that memo, I think it was yesterday, saying the holiday parties, no holiday parties, all that. So, like, it's a real possibility that all of this can just be for naught and everyone would be so mad, especially the fans and the players who really want um, them to go. Mm-hmm. But, again, like, the NHL is a business. They don't make money when the players go to the Olympics, really. Right. Obviously, the players don't get paid, but they want to go to the Olympics. But ultimately, the league has to make a call. And I obviously, everyone wants them to go. I want them to go so bad because 18 was embarrassing, the roster they sent. And if they don't go again, it's going to be even worse, potentially. It's basically the Spangler Cup, basically. Yeah, yeah it's basically the Spangler Cup. So a bunch of 35-year-olds that were run out of the league. And it's like, yeah, go up against, like, uh, half the guys in the KHL. Right. And then, yeah, like... That's why I have to, as a hot take, I don't want it to happen either, but it, it is a thought that could happen. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. And that's not a thought we want to go across when we get to January and we're so excited to watch the Olympics. And then we turn on the hockey one, a bunch of AHLers and scraps are playing in the Olympics again. So don't think we want to see that again for the second straight Olympics. So I think that's pretty much it for this episode. The Leafs play tonight versus the Colorado Avalanche. That'll be a bit like your Jack Campbell thing. That'll be a big test for him. That'll be a big test for the Leafs. That'll be a big test for now Austin Matthews, less stash, I guess you want to say. But um, I didn't think that's it for me. I don't know if you have anything to add, but pretty sure we wrapped everything up. Yeah, everything's wrapped up. Another thing to note, McDavid versus Crosby in Edmonton tonight as well. So you got McKinnon, who's just came back, right. versus basically Matthews, and then you got Edmonton, McDavid versus Crosby. So that, those are two pretty good matchups. Two pretty good matchups that I don't think the NHL planned, but, you know, they get lucky sometimes. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is it for end to end. We will hopefully be back next week. Hopefully join us. Hopefully then. Woo! Mm-hmm.